Welcome back to the Call to Lead podcast. So today's episode is going to be a continuation from last week's interview with my beloved 97-year-old grandmother, Nell Rockmore, who passed away two years ago at the age of 97. And it was such a blessing and honestly a miracle to be able to have the time to sit down with her and ask her so many things. And in today's episode, we're actually going to be diving into her personal testimony of finding the Lord despite growing up in church her entire life in her 90s, if you can believe it. So she's going to be sharing it from her words. It's something that has blessed me dearly. And it's something that I think whatever season you are walking through as a believer or an unbeliever, I think it's a great opportunity to really kind of reflect on your eternal focus and your eternal perspective and ask yourself, have you fully devoted and given your life to Christ? Have you handed over everything to him? Because a relationship is so much better than religion. Let's dive back in to part two of the interview with my grandmama, Gigi, as we called her, as we share more of her wisdom with you today. Are you dreaming of making a long-term income and impact beyond your own efforts? but feel like you're struggling to replicate your results? I'm Heather, a former burned-out boutique owner turned top network marketing leader, and I've learned the hard way that you don't have to do all the things all on your own. Now, my passion is helping social sellers scale their business by choosing faith over fear and using simple, duplicatable systems without having to sell your soul to social media. I'm so excited to share with you simple tips, tricks, and tools to help you take your business to the next level. In each episode, I'll share faith-focused wisdom, proven systems that your team can duplicate, and inspiring stories from other leaders who have been right where you are today. Are you ready to grow your team, find joy and fulfillment, and feel free? Break out your favorite pen and notebook, and let's dive in. So this story, I remember just being so impactful because as you've listened to the podcast, you know, my, I didn't, even though I grew up going to church here, kind of like you, and I had a foundation of seeds planted and, you know, had heard it a little bit, but it really wasn't until, you know, almost 10 years ago that I decided to give my life to Christ. So this story is pretty amazing. So it says, it's never too late to change your direction. I had joined the Baptist church at age 11 at a revival, along with my sister and brother and 13 others, mostly children. Brother Johnny Harrell baptized us in the southeast corner of Lake Irma, and you've gone to Sunday school and church for many years, but something was lacking in your spiritual life. Three and a half years ago, which, so at the time, let's see, you, so you were, gosh, yeah, 93. 89. Yeah. And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it says at age 89, you asked the Lord to come, or I asked the Lord to come into my heart and take complete charge of my life. I wish I had done that a long time ago. You've got to tell me that story. I know you've told me again, but share with everybody how that happened. I know it was very simple, but that's all it takes, right? Right. And I don't know what the impetus was that caused me to make that decision. Uh, wasn't anything dramatic that I can describe. It just finally came to my senses, I guess. <laughs> Oh my goodness, but you were reading the Bible, right? You were sitting there in your, because you do a kind of a morning devotional, right? And you know, you try to sit down and have quiet time with the Lord. Right, it was that time. I'm sure that something I read, I should remember the scripture. But... Wow. Well, 
You do say this here. You said you like uh, Dr. Wade Hannah's favorite scripture, Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. So maybe that could have been it. But that to me and hearing that, and not many people probably know that about you thinking, oh, wow, she grew up playing the violin every Sunday at church. But <laughs> it wasn't until 89 where you really decided to just fully give everything over to him, right? Mm-hmm. To the Lord. And how has that impacted your life since, would you say? Well, really greatly, but I have had so many distractions that would take almost 100% of my time, like the arthritis that attacked me, what, two years ago? Mm -hmm. And it kind of gets you off your thinking pattern when you got something else that seems more not it's not more urgent but it seems more urgent at the time so i like it here and i want to stay here as long as i can well we like having you here <laughs> so i try to do try most everything that anybody suggests that they say up there mark what but anyway, it's been a big change in my life. Wow. Since I've had to defend on so many people. Mm-hmm. And really for the first time in my life. <laughs> so anyway, I'm blessed. You are blessed. And I bet that's probably what the Lord said is, listen, you know, you've been doing this thing on your own and doing an amazing job. But you can't do it without not only his help, but also the help of the people that he's put in your life to care for you. Because the thing that inspires me so much for you, Grandmama, is knowing that you were such a devoted wife and mother, still serving your town and community and, you know, working hard, but you've kind of stayed behind the scenes. And when granddaddy passed away, which I know is not easy, but you took what would be a hard time and could be debilitating, but you just soared and you just took off and you got so much done. and just made such an impact. And I've never seen anybody who could dive people into action, but yet doing it from a place of love and heart. And just the mere fact that all 60 something of us would come down here happily at the drop of the hat to come spend time together. I think that speaks volumes dropping all over the Southeast to come be together. So grateful for that. Families stay on good terms with each other. We have a pretty amazing family. And really do. Yeah. I know every bit of that is that generational blessing that sounds like it's stemmed even from your parents and from your mama. And her dad would be so proud and is, I'm sure, so proud looking down from heaven <clears throat> at what you have been able to multiply here. <laughs> I was blessed to be able to know my grandparents on both sides, my mother's and my father's. Oh, that's great. No, not my father's, because his mother died when he was two years old. Oh, really? So I didn't know her, but then Granddad married again, and Papa was our real grandmother, the only one we knew. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Well, I love that you ended your speech, the commencement speech, with your testimony and sharing that. And I think that that's probably one of the most impactful pieces of wisdom and life lessons that 
graduates learned. And then, of course, what all anybody that's listening today can learn is that it's never too late to change that direction and to shift, especially if that is a decision to put your life in the hands of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. It just meant so much to me in decision making. Is this what I should do? Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord to guide me. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot of difference when you depend on a reliable source. <laughs> so, anyway, that, I love that motto, love God or the people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's the best advice that you could give for lives. What about for business? Is there a piece of wisdom or business advice that you could share with the people who are listening? Well, one thing Bill believed in, don't spend money for things for things that you don't have the money to mm. pay for. Mm-hmm. Don't buy things that you don't have the money to pay for. Amen to that. <laughs> That's pretty good advice. And then... Patent seed has a reputation of being perfectly dependable about deliveries and they do what they are committed to doing. Mm. And that's important. Would agree. So do what you say you're going to do. Right. And be dependable and consistent. And that's what's built that reputation. And it's pretty impactful that even that not only the family, but the company itself is debt-free by all standards. I'm sure any specific debt is more of a strategic thing, not a lack of capital or cash. And that's exactly how it's been built from the beginning. And that has been, I would say, probably one of the greatest blessings that I've had to learn in my journey as a businesswoman is that principle that I wish that I had really implemented more in my early years. But now I'm just so thankful that I have that solid principle of not spending money that you don't have. And uh, and you have done such a good job as a business lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so sweet. I'm not kidding. You have been my inspiration, actually, from the beginning. So really, the only reason that I was able to start my traditional business, the boutique, right out of college is because you and Granddaddy so generously incentivized or motivated <laughs> us your grandchildren to go to college. And you said, if we graduated from a four-year college, right, that you would give us a little bit of money to contribute towards buying a car or a new house. And I was driving the same car from high school and I wasn't about to get married, didn't need a house. And I said, Grandmama, would it be okay if I use that money to start a business? <laughs> and I think you might have been one of the only people that thought it might actually do <laughs> something might actually come of it. But you were so generous to number one, do that incentive or motivate us to make that choice to finish college and pursue our passions. But then, like I said, that's how I got started was with that generosity that you guys gave to us. So first of all, thank you. And second of all, I'd love to know what was going through yours and granddaddy's heart to want to do that. I listened to his ideas because <laughs> they usually were valid. And those were some of his ideas. The motivation for finishing college. Right anyway. So granddaddy was a very wise man, I know that. Oh, yeah. 
And he thought that it was a good idea to go to college. And so he wanted that for us. Right. Um, and you went to college too. You went to what is now about a state university, right? Uh-huh. Which, what was it back then? The Georgia? Georgia State Women's College. Georgia State Women's College. About 300 students then. Wow. Yeah. And what was your major? Violin. Violin. That's right. And minored in Spanish. Spanish? Do you speak Spanish? Not really. <laughs> Did you then? Well, I, I studied it. Studied it. I was never fluent in it. But oh, wow. I've enjoyed having studied it because of travels and all. It's been, been helpful. I'm sure. Well, that's the other thing that you've instilled within me and our family is your love for travel. So you and granddaddy have been all over the world and, <laughs> oh. and in Europe. And it's kind of funny when I think about the specific to the network marketing industry, which a lot of people listening will be in the same industry that I am or in business of some sort, quite possibly. And I think that the principle of that motivating or incentivizing people to do the results that you want. (laughs) So you guys wanted us to go to college and have that purpose. And so I love that. But then I also love that from a, a networking perspective, you and granddaddy had friends all over the world, right? You did. I know you did. In fact, I'll never forget when I went to college or right up, not college, it was in between high school and college. And I took a school trip over to England and France. You remember this? And I stayed with Patrick, your friend Patrick, and his daughter, Flavie, who feels she's like a sister to me. She's, <laughs> she's an interior designer in Paris. And we both have two kids. Hers are two boys now. But I never would have met them if you and granddaddy hadn't struck up a conversation at a, was it, where were you? Tell me about that. And the caves. And this is just kayak. The famous cave paintings. Oh, okay. But we were on that same tour, and Patrick and his wife. So I asked the guy if he spoke English, and he said no. But anyway, Patrick thought he was rude. Mm. So he stepped over and said, I'll translate for you. Wow. So So you struck up a conversation. He stepped in to help and serve you and showed you that kindness, like uh you said, smiled, and then y'all struck up a long-time friendship, right? Then that evening, we learned we were staying at the same hotel. And I guess it was George and Connor Thompson with us. But we were up on a kind of a mezzanine having our Five o'clock cop. <laughs> and who would walk up the stairs but Patrick? Oh, my goodness. So it was meant for us to become friends. Oh, my goodness. So we had dinner with him that night at the hotel. And it was a long take. And some Canadian students who, of course, spoke French and English. But they were so amused at our conversation. Patrick was practicing his English, and I was trying to learn a little more French. (laughs) So anyway, we kept running into those Canadian students. They'd have a smile on their face. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. It's a small world, even if you're across the world, right? (laughs) And I just love that you and Granddaddy had that spirit to connect with other people and stay in touch and I know, like I said, I've been blessed from those relationships because 
did you ever imagine that I would be going to his daughter's wedding in the south of France? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That was a really amazing trip with my mom up back there. And we certainly inherited your love for travel. That's for sure. What's your favorite place you've ever been in the world? Italy is my favorite. Oh, really? Which city, if you had to pick? There's so much that I like about I like the country and mm. Venice. I love mm. <laughs> and so many, so much history there that really appeals to. I love the music there and the language. So really, overall, that's and beauty of the country, such beautiful scenes. I had not yet been to that lake country, but I'll have to go back. Mom and I had a quick little trip to Italy and then another cruise back in the day, too, on the, on the other side. We did go to Venice, and that was beautiful. Yeah, you love that Lake Como. We went back several times in that area. And uh, anyway, later, I don't know if I can bring the story up, but later, two of the grandchildren, must have been Jay, I can't remember, but we went back to the hotel where Bill and I had stayed. Oh, wow. And I don't know what his title was, but he was kind of a host there. And so I explained to him that those were my grandchildren. And I think that he's, I don't remember, but anyway. Did he remember you? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> but you were just introducing yourself to everybody. I know that you've always <laughs> been that. You never met a stranger, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I said they were babies when I was there before. And he said, you know, might be Jay is Big Bambinos. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Or something to that effect. That's amazing you can remember that. <laughs> that is really, really special. We had a lot of fun with languages. And can you speak French a little bit or Italian? Learn keywords that you really need to know. Look them up as you need them. Mm-hmm. Well, not as easy to do back then as it is now with smartphones and everything. I wish we could go back to Europe together. I wish I could have seen some of those things with you. <laughs> but French pronunciation is so hard to understand. It is. It's one of my life goals is to learn to speak French. Because our ancestry is French, mm-hmm. right? The Rockmore, granddaddy's mm-hmm. side came from that. And so I feel like there's something that is just within me that I'm drawn to that French culture and French spirit. And Good. Maybe one day <laughs> I'll learn to speak French, <laughs> but I'll certainly be back. I can't wait to go. And I'll have to go to those caves. I don't think I've ever been to those caves either. So that'll... I think it's spelled L-E-S, another word, E-U-Y-Z-I-E-S. Let's say they're famous. Cave paintings. Cave paintings. Ancient, really, really. Wow. I'll definitely go back. Anyway, and because Patrick and his families had been over here to visit us. The first time Patrick came, he brought Caroline. She was 11. And I was a little bit nervous about hosting a 11 year old. I bet, I bet. Oh, a random but child. She, 
spent the night at your mother's house in Newman. Mm-hmm. Slept in the bed with you, didn't you? I think so. Mm-hmm. That would have been an interesting conversation to take. I know. I don't remember it either. <laughs> I thought it, it had to be you. I think so. I think she was a little. But anyway. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, Grandmama, looking back over your 97 years, I love that you've shared already. I have documented these important lessons. And I can actually share them in the show notes. I can kind of copy this and put it in the show notes for anybody that wants to see these oh. lessons or copy and paste and print them. I'll be able to do that. But are there any other lessons or any other stories that you can think of that you would want to share on a platform like this? Well, so many things have happened in, in my lifetime. Do podcasts stay on forever? Forever. Really? Yes, ma'am. All of them? Yes, unless somebody deletes them, which I don't plan on doing, so. <laughs> well, the last several years, we've had World War II reenactors come. Oh, wow. To Lakeland? Uh-huh. To Camp Patton, Regisway. And they put on a demonstration of battle. Mm-hmm. Bob's been in one or two or three. But anyway... I got acquainted with one of the, I don't remember what his title was, but he was doing a podcast oh. of the event out there. But anyway, somehow I got acquainted with him and told him about Bill's experience in the war and all. And so I went out and got him a root drugs and regulations so he could read about so I gave him that, and then he asked me a few questions about what I remembered about Pearl Harbor, where mm-hmm. it was, and I heard that kind of thing. And I heard the podcast once, but I never have tried to retrieve it again, but you think oh. it might be? Oh, yes, ma'am. I'll find it. We'll figure it out. We'll get down to the bottom of it, and I'll link that. Uh, anyway. World War II reenactment in Lakeland, Georgia, Matt would bring it up. Sure. But he was fascinated to run across somebody who was living when all those historic things took place. Wow. That's a neat story. And again, how cool that he's pursuing his passion and talking to you and asking great questions and leaving an impact on you, right? Well, really, it was about about what I had experienced. Mm-hmm. And you remember I, it pretty clearly still? Yeah, I remember where I was when Pearl Harbor happened. I was in college. You were in college, wow. And I never heard of Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they're nice, friendly people. Oh, and that they had a dance that night at the three center. Oh really? And jitterbug I think it was a jitterbug contest. Oh wow. Some of the girls with the reenactors jitterbug dance dance with boys and then Doctor Ballon is real and his wife real good jitterbugs swing calling it. Mm-hmm. So anyway I went back there told them to get out of bed and jitterbug. 
So he came and got me to dance. Oh my goodness! Instead of his wife. Oh, of course he did. You can dance. I. <laughs> well, she was really good. Well, still. So we had good dancing. I think our picture was in the paper. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. It was fun. That's amazing. Well, I have to say one of my favorite memories, or many of my favorite memories, I should say, is the dance, the ballroom dance birthday balls, as we call them. We call it the ball every year to celebrate your birthday in March here in Lakeland. And it started off just right here at your home with just our family. And as our family grew, and then we started inviting the town. And for over 20 years, we have celebrated together dancing and all the things that you love and to celebrate you. That memory, all of those memories, they're just so special. So what made you decide to start doing that or want to do that? Let you do the what? What made you decide to start doing the birthday ball? Oh, let me tell you. Or we probably did it to celebrate you. (laughs) And then it just kept going. Well, Lee was always like dancing. Mm -hmm. And she has a lot of good ideas, too. Mm She's probably her idea, but I'm not sure. But it was fun. I like the memories of how it started mm-hmm. and the band, same band all those years, mm-hmm. but the band being up on the landing up there. Mm-hmm. And this house. <laughs> 20, and they said over 20 years they did it every year. That's really Except, except one year this year. Yeah, well, of course, that's right. Dang COVID. <laughs> what I remember, this was kind of funny, is if we didn't have a date or somebody we were dating, you'd set us up with somebody. Do you remember that? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and actually, when Roger and I were first started dating, we started dating in February of, I guess, it was 2002. And that year, I already had a date lined up. I cannot remember his name, but it's funny because I was dating Roger and we fell in love pretty quickly. And then I got here. He was my date because it was already arranged. And he said, thankfully, he had a girlfriend, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you so, remember who that was? So he had a girlfriend. He did. He that did. he invited. He didn't invite her because he knew, we all knew, if Grandmama, if you said we were going to be here and so-and-so was going to be our date, that that was just, like, we were just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. We weren't about to cross you in that decision or switch up the plan. <laughs> I was not aware of all that. No, we probably wouldn't have made you aware, but that's the amazing thing is what you've been able to accomplish and the people that you've been able to motivate and inspire, but not by leading with an iron fist. It truly is by leading with love and leading with heart and just being that example and that light to all of us. One of my favorite tools, business tools to help set goals is a book. It's from Cultivate What Matters and it's called Power Sheets. And it's really just an intentional goal setter where I kind of take a deep dive and assess the areas of my life and where I want to be, not just this year, but where I want to be when I'm 90. And it's pretty cool because what I write down in that power sheets is that you are what (laughs) what I want to be when I'm 90 and certainly when I'm 97. And I always say that my other grandmother, Mary was her name, of course, and y'all were friends, same age, right? And you two together, you represent the lady that I hope to be, that I hope to exemplify. Oh. And I love that y'all are friends. And, you know, we made a trip to the bomb group reunion out in 
Texas with them. Oh, wow. You don't remember that? I don't remember that. I must have been really little. Well, it was after y'all, Lee and Joey married. Okay. And we went to several of those bomb group reunions. And I think OJ was maybe in that same group, 387. But anyway, the four of us flew out there. Wow. Enjoyed that. Oh, that's actually, I have those pictures. I think I know those pictures. And that was, I think I was very young, but I have a picture framed of the two of y'all. I'm pretty sure it was at the side farm in Perry, but it's a picture of the two of y'all. You're dressed up for something, not a formal event, but you look like you were going somewhere anyway. But that picture is so cherished to me because it represents just both both families mm-hmm. yeah both families and that generational mm-hmm. blessing from from both sides now her side was very small <laughs> just my dad and just my brother and i and of course on your side you know it's much bigger but that's the cool thing it's just the blessings from yeah. those and the personalities and the fact that y'all were friends and traveled together that's really really cool they were good traveling companions oj did something something bad the plane Needed a little adjustment or something. Oh, OJ, you had to do it. granddad. He was brilliant as kind of like an engineer. He wasn't technically an engineer, but he could have been because he could take anything apart and he could fix anything. And that's what he spent <laughs> a lot of his day and time doing it. I believe he was a tail gunner on similar plane. I don't know what granddaddy flew, right? Yeah, I'd forgotten what he, his role was, but tail gunner. Yeah, pretty sure. So that's pretty neat that they shared that experience yeah. in the war, both veterans. And of course, Bill, my cousin, another veteran. And your grandkids have done some pretty amazing things. <laughs> Followed that journey. They really have. It's pretty cool. Well, I know that we all, again, are, we want to know exactly these lessons of wisdom when we are 97 to be able to look back and know what's most important. And I love that we've got this documented not only written and from your speech from the commencement at oh. AVAC, but it's just so neat to be able to talk through it with you and to share some of these stories. And, and have access to it when you can still do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're right, it's never too late to change directions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, any other parting advice that you want to leave us with today? Well, not that I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you've shared enough, and that's what's amazing. It's just the fact that those life lessons, they are so simple. Mm -hmm. But if that's what people focused on, the love God, love people, put your faith in Him. Don't try to do it on your own Mm -hmm. and accept the help and love of others, but show that service and smile. and (laughs) Just pass on the wisdom of others. That you've known, that you've learned from. Absolutely. I think that's really what we're called to do. And that's the point of this podcast is all of these blessings I know from our family and that came from your ancestors and that will continue forward long after we are gone. All of us are gone. They come from the Lord. And our role is to just be a light to point that back to him. And you have done that beautifully for all of your 97 years. (laughs) Thank you. So it's just, it's an honor to be able to share your beautiful voice and your beautiful heart with everybody. I know so many people are going to be so blessed and touched by this. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And I've loved every bit of talking with you. (laughs) Well, love you, Grandmama. Love you. You'll have to come back and spend another 
Well, I wish me you know. I would love that. I would love that. Anytime. <laughs> I'll be right here. You'll be right here. <laughs> well, you said you're going to get back up on that treadmill and you're going to come see our new kitchen up in Richmond Hill. <laughs> yeah, I've got that trip planned. Yeah, we've got that. It's going to have something to look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably a good thing. Pam's always loved to take me somewhere. Okay. And uh, she loves to drive. Mm-hmm. So the trip we have planned probably take at least a week. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> well, I love you, Grandma, but thank you again for today. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank y'all for listening. We're just so grateful to have Gigi in my life, and I hope that her words have impacted you as much as they have to me, and what a blessing. I'm so grateful for your time with me today. Feel free to check out heatherkburge.com for all the scoop on all the things. Also, I've got a huge favor. If you found any value from today's episode, would you mind leaving me a quick review? Or even better, share with a friend by clicking those three little dots at the bottom of your screen. Sending you big hugs.